The following program is paid for by Channel Mom Media. The show made for moms and families. It's Channel Mom. My name is Jenny, and I'm a mom, but I once lived a more glamorous life as a TV reporter. I was on the nightly news interviewing pop stars and politicians. So when I left TV to become a full-time mother, I quickly found out what we moms are up against. Our world glorifies the rich and famous. For what? I say let's honor the moms who are raising this world's next generation. It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Hello and happy Friday. Welcome to Channel Mom. My name is Angel Tussie. I'm filling in for Jenny today as she is spending some quality time doing what she does best, being a mom. Although she sent me an email this afternoon said I've already overcommitted again this week. And can I get a hallelujah and amen for all the moms out there who feel like we have already overcommitted. I, uh, if you recognize me, I'm actually the host of Crosswalk. I host the Crosswalk program every afternoon on this same channel. You can find us here at four o'clock. And then I also host a business talk show on one of our sister stations as well. I am a mom. I've got three kids, three adult children at home and so thrilled that they have been home this week uh, celebrating the holidays. But I will tell you, it just never seems to let up. Even as we try to to set some downtime into our schedule it never seems to let up so we have an excellent guest to talk about stress depression anxiety overcommitment dr gary lovejoy but before i bring him on i want to remind all of our guests of course you know that channel mom stays on the air because of the amazing support from her sponsors and one of the best things that you as her audience can do is let her sponsors know that you appreciate them for sponsoring your favorite your favorite program if you can't do business with them at least reach out to them and say thank you for supporting channel mom we're going to talk about creating you may have heard Jenny talk about how much she enjoys Creo brew. It's made up of cocoa beans that brew just like coffee, but with very little caffeine. Instead, Creo brew gives you an honest energy boost with theobromine. It's got a dark chocolatey flavor with plenty of antioxidants for your health. You can use it as a coffee alternative or mix it with your morning coffee. You can find Creo brew at your local Sprouts, Whole Foods, Natural Grocers, or at creobrew.com, C-R-I-O-B-R-U.com. All right, well, let's get to our fabulous guest, Dr. Gary Lovejoy. You can find his website, startmarriageright.com. He's over 34 years, conducted his private counseling practice where he has extensive experience serving individuals, couples, and families. He has an incredible website, great resources. He has uh, written extensively about depression, anxiety, and marriage. He's going to help us moms get through 2018, maybe with a little less stress than we're leaving 2017 with. Dr. Gary Lovejoy, welcome to Channel Mom. Thank you for inviting me, Jenny. Well, Jenny's not here. My name is Angel. I am actually oh, filling in for Jenny today. Her kids are in town, and so she was taking some quality family time with them. So I usually host our afternoon program here and stepping in a little bit. But, Gary, let's oh, yeah. talk Let's talk a little bit about what you're seeing. I mean, I know as a mom what I'm seeing is the stress and anxiety that moms are dealing with. But what is it that you're seeing as a doctor and on the other side of the coin from this? Well, uh, depression, of course, and, and anxiety and, and stress are uh, at pretty high levels, especially during this time of year. But um, uh, it's high all the all year round, and um, and many people are not aware of just how 
how frequent or how um, pervasive depression is. Whenever I speak in a church, for example, and I stand up to, to and I look out over the audience, I can uh, pretty well assume that probably at least half of them are struggling with feelings of depression, low self-esteem, uh, struggling with stress in their life, and, uh, and things are not going well. Although in the, within the church, we often, uh, when people greet us, we say, how are you doing? We say, fine. We're fine. And, and our lives are collapsing inside, but we don't, we don't usually share it. We're not often very transparent in that regard. Dr. Lovejoy, I mean, we, we say we're fine because I actually think that we think that being stressed, feeling a little self-doubt, you know, low self-confidence, a little bit of depression, isn't that the new normal? Well, that's, that's it. I think one of the reasons why people, you know, between 60 and 75 percent of people who struggle with depression never seek treatment, uh, and that's either medication or psychotherapy. And, and one of the reasons for that is they adapt to it. We have an amazing ability to adapt to circumstances, even if they're ones that we don't like. And uh, we just assume that's as good as it gets. Uh, like the Jack Nicholson film a few years ago, it says it's just as good as it gets. He comes out of the psychiatrist's office, and they're all sitting in their waiting room, and he just uh, looks at them and asks, yeah, you know, is, is, don't you think this is as good as it gets? And, uh, and a lot of people have adapted to it that way. And uh, so they, they don't see, in fact, they may think they even have a, a low-grade virus of some kind because they have fatigue and, and, uh, and exhaustion all the time. They feel a lack of interest in things uh, that they used to be interested in. They have various aches and pains, uh, a lack of sexual desire, um, uh, sleep problems. So they think that they may be uh, having some sort of uh, mild virus. And if it persists, if they go to anyone, they'll go to a physician uh, to... Um, uh, have that diagnosed, and then are often surprised because when they're referred to me, they express it that uh, that they've been diagnosed as not uh, with a physical ailment, but with uh, depression. And the fact is that depression is one of the leading causes of disability in the world, uh, right up there with heart disease, cancer, and automobile accidents. In fact, between 19 and 20 million Americans suffer from some kind of depressive disorder, and 120 million worldwide. And that's a low ball estimate since uh, third world countries are hard to, to uh, measure. And the depression but, uh, actually leads to physical physical ailments, health disease, and, and you might think you have the flu, and you might think there's a virus, all because of the depression? Yes, this is a, it's an interesting thing. Um, a recent study done by Kaiser Permanente, which they valued some 17,000 patients on general well-being factors and, and uh, adjustment to social conditions taking into account the number of adverse uh, childhood experiences that they had had, such as emotional and physical and sexual abuse and major pathological behavior in their parents or uh, physical or emotional neglect, they, at, uh, they, they confirmed the, pa- the power of the early developmental years to shape later adult experience. And generally speaking, the more adverse childhood experiences or traumas, the higher the incidence of depression. So they concluded from their, their studies that, that they had found a key to what in mainstream diagnosis appears to be a person's natural proneness to undefined health problems like fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, irritable bowel syndrome, and chronic non-malignant pain syndromes. So it's interesting that uh, they, they argue that what we see as the presenting medical problem is often only a marker for the real problem, which is lies buried in time and concealed by a person's shame, secrecy, and sometimes even amnesia, which reflects it 
dissociative processes prompted by it. So, you know, Dr. Lovejoy, are, I think for so many people listening today, that's news to us to think that that's the connection, that if we have these chronic illnesses and we can't seem to shake it, that if you peel back the layers, that there, that the depression is in there. And when I think about when moms get together, and maybe you've seen this, Gary, you know, how are you? Oh, my gosh. You know, the kid ran away. You know, the dog, the kid, the dog ran away. The kid couldn't didn't finish their homework. You know, they're not helping around the house. I mean, we mm-hmm. and then the next mom. Oh, you think that's bad. And then she kind of dogpiles what her issues are. It's almost like we're perpetuating whose life is worse, whose life is more stressful. And really, I mean, if any one of us walked in and said, oh, my gosh, my life is great. I'm having sex with my husband and my kids get along so great. They would look at us like we had a third eye. <laughs> no, that's absolutely true. And I think uh, uh, depression and anxiety and stress, uh, uh, it, it actually affects, it statistically speaking, affects twice as many women as it does men. And that's regardless of et- racial or ethnic background or income status. One in four women will experience moderate to severe depression at some point in their lives. And depression is the number one cause of disability among women. And the, the, the interesting thing is that Married women experience more depression than single women do. And depression is particularly common in two uh, parts of the lifespan of women, especially. It's particularly common among young mothers with small children at home. And that's partly because they are, some of them are experiencing postpartum depression. About 80% of women experienced uh, postpartum blues, which is uh, a brief period of mood sickness, which doesn't reach the level of clinically diagnosable depression but it's considered normal after childbirth, but they still feel that. And about 15% of those uh, of, of, of uh, early mothers um, experience postpartum depression, and they have uh, all the clinical symptoms of depression. In fact, once a woman has experienced a postpartum depression, her risk of having another depression later in life reaches 70%. So, um, okay, so, uh, so that's one reason why. And then they you add that to the, the stress of uh, fatigue, being up all night, taking care of the children. Uh, uh, usually, the baby usually requires uh, twenty-four care hour care, and and then sometimes a husband who doesn't pitch in as uh, she had hoped, and sometimes there's tension in the in the marriage between um, the husband and the wife because he's wanting sex and she's too fatigued for it, and so there are a lot of variables that uh, uh, that add to the stress of her life. And that's one of the reasons why depression is so common among young mothers with small children at home. So, Dr. Lovejoy, what do we do? Because the kids are going to, they, they're tugging at us. Our husbands are overworked. We're overworked. We're tired. None of that's going to go away. So without leading to medication, what else can we do? Well, one of the things that's interesting, and you see this in the life of Christ, uh, Jesus was obviously under great stress. People were pushing and, and pressing for uh, his presence and for him to continue healing and teaching and all the rest. And, um, and it's interesting, if you follow his life, that uh, periodically he would take time out. And even at one time after he fed the 5,000, they were uh, clamoring to anoint him king right on the spot, and uh, he, said he declined. And, and so he had good boundaries. And then, he, and then he left, and they didn't want him to go. And he left and went up to uh, mountains to be by himself and spend some quiet time with the Father. And then sometimes he would withdraw into the mountains to spend time with his beloved friends, his disciples. And, uh, or they, he would go into the, into the boat. Uh, one time when he got into the boat and he fell asleep, and, 
the storm came up and the disciples were freaked out and so forth. They couldn't understand how he could be asleep in the bow of the boat when the boat was being tossed around, but he was exhausted. He understood the importance of modulating his stress by pacing himself. And, and a lot of people don't do that. They just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. They don't take any breaks. And they need to have some time where they, they uh, have some downtime and they say, well, that's impossible. We've got all these things going. It's, it's important enough to uh, plan something like that because if you go at full bore speed all the time, uh, you're going to be so exhausted. And once you're exhausted, you're more uh, vulnerable to, uh, to the stress of the moment and for becoming overwhelmed and plunging into depression and anxiety. So, um, and a woman already has, um, women are twice as likely to be anxious as men, as well as twice as likely to be uh, depressed. And part of that has to do with the fact that their brain chemistry is such that, uh, that uh, the brain system involved in the fight-or-flight response, which we call in, in the more technical circles the pituitary hypothalamic adrenal loop, uh, is activated more readily in women and stays activated longer than in men. And this is partly the result of the action of estrogen and progesterone on the brain chemistry system. And there's also evidence that female brains don't process serotonin, which is an important neurotransmitter in processing um, and regulating mood, uh, th- that uh, the female brain doesn't process as quickly as the male brain. So these are some physiological factors that play into this, along with all the hormonal issues that we, uh, that I know I could go into more of that. Right. Yeah, we're, case, we're talking uh, with Dr. Gary Lovejoy. His doctorate, he's written extensively about depression, anxiety, and marriage. His website is startmarriageright.com, startmarriageright.com. Talking about, I mean, this is, this is right up our alley, and especially as we're going into 2018. When we come back from, when we come back from our break, we're going to talk about some steps that we can take to combat depression, things that we can do to, to combat anxiety and stress. Also talk about what we're doing to passing along for the kids and what we're doing to pass along stress and depression to our kids. We're going to do something different. If we want 2018 to be different, we've got to do something different. And so I'm so excited that we have Dr. Lovejoy on today giving us the medical background. I know we can read the the magazines and we can go online and we can self-prescribe and we can get together with our girlfriends and talk about all of that. But this is far more serious than us just feeling a little sad. This is far more serious than us overfilling our calendars. This is an epidemic, and we moms have to support each other, lift each other up, and get the resources necessary. We owe it to ourselves, we owe it to our friends, and we owe it to our families. We will be right back, right here on Channel Mom. This is Angel Tessie filling in for Jenny Dean Schmidt today. CEO of my household. I don't have a degree, but the organization I run is more complex than most companies. Party planner, chef, teacher, nurse, these are just some of the roles I fill every single day. It's time for me to get paid to do what I love to do. I'm going to study at Colorado Christian University and apply what I've learned running my household into a degree that will give me a career. Check out CCU's website at adulted.ccu.edu or call 303-963-3300 and get started down the same amazing path I'm taking today.
today. The vision of the Life Center is simple. Transforming communities, period. Located just south of downtown Littleton, the Life Center meets immediate needs, provides opportunities for development, and shares the hope and truth found only in Jesus. Whether you need help putting food on the table or reaching your goals by learning English or finishing your GED, find out more about our services and volunteer opportunities on our website, lifecenterlittleton.org. It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Welcome back to Channel Mom. Again, this is our New Year's weekend. You probably have some great New Year's resolutions, things you want to be better or even just different in the new year. So we're talking to Dr. Gary Lovejoy about things that we can do to combat stress and anxiety. Uh, before we go back to Gary, you've heard about CCU online during the break there. And the cool thing about it is they cater specifically to moms. Their College of Adult and Graduate Studies is designed so you only take one class at a time for a reasonable class. Uh, for a reasonable cost. Each class only lasts five weeks, so you have time to fit it into your mom schedule. Plus, they give credits to moms for your life experience. So if you've been thinking about going back to school or getting your degree in something like counseling or nursing, CCU is made for you. Visit them at adulted.ccu.edu, adulted.ccu.edu. Dr. Gary Lovejoy, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. And just, I know it's, you know, it's staggering the statistics of the number of women that are dealing with depression, stress, and anxiety. But I think what's so important, what we want to leave our listeners with today, our moms and empowering our moms with today, is things that they can do, signs that they might need to, to be on the lookout for, and real life action steps that they can take to protect themselves and their family. What do you think? Absolutely. I think not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. Hmm. And, um, and one of the things that uh, people can do... Uh, that are struggling with depression is, first of all, understand the nature of their depression. I have found that a lot of Christians uh, engage in a lot of self-defamation over, uh, over the fact that they're depressed. They feel like they have disappointed God, uh, that they have failed God, that somehow uh, that only good Christians, uh, I mean, only, uh, uh, only good Christians are contented Christians, and if you're unhappy, then you have a spiritual deficiency, and, uh, and so forth. And none of these things are true. In fact, the majority of God's most trusted servants in the Bible, uh, especially throughout the Old Testament, suffered uh, episodes of depression, sometimes severe depression, and um, in some cases even suicidal depression. And God was always uh, uh, compassionate with them. He instructed them. He gave them direction. But he never, uh, uh, he never castigated them. He never rebuked them for their depression. And I think that's really important to keep in mind. Depression is in reality a signal, an emotional alarm system that tells us that something is chronically wrong or missing, either within ourselves or in our relationships or possibly in our circumstances, sometimes, in fact, often a combination of all three. In other words, depression tells us that we need to attend to something that has damaged us in the past and is likely still damages in, in the present. And in that sense, depression is an instrument of our divine image to protect the integrity of that image. And you might be thinking to yourself and people out in the audience may be thinking, how on earth can you say anything positive about depression? Well, it's because it's an alarm system. And all alarm systems, though very incredibly unpleasant to experience, are always designed to protect us. We have fire, we're surrounded by them. We have fire alarms, smoke alarms, intruder alarms, alarms in your car. 
and they're annoying. In fact, sometimes they're very toxic to listen to, but they're always designed to protect you, to alert you to something that needs your attention. And, um, and the most important one in our bodies is the sensation of pain. We hate pain. We have a multi-billion dollar industry to prevent pain, mm-hmm. but it's one of the most valuable sensory signals you have because it alerts you to something that's wrong in your body. And depression is to the psychological self as pain is to the physical self. It is also an alarm. And so if we think of it that way, then depression itself is not the problem, but rather a signal that there is a problem. It's your ally, really, not your enemy. It's a clarion call Mm. to intervention and change. So far be it that we be ashamed of such an important alarm signal provided by a merciful God who desires that we heal from the damage done to our person. Now, so first of all, is then understanding the purpose of depression so that we don't uh, we don't begin to tear ourselves down and condemn ourselves simply because we are going through a difficult time. Honesty with God and with self is all that God really asks. He doesn't expect us to have superhuman emotional strength in coping with life's trials. And he knows, above all, that we can easily become overwhelmed by life's trials. But he also knows that honesty is a prelude to personal change. And for personal and persistent denial is what keeps us in the dark about the importance of such change. And more importantly, it prevents us from listening to the still small voice of God. Now, we can change in a lot of different ways. Um, uh, We have to want change, not merely pain relief. And sometimes people come into counseling and we're looking for pain relief, not necessarily change. But if we want change, it means that we have to focus two different directions. One, to adjust the focus of our thought life. Oftentimes we exacerbate our emotional stress by the co- internal, internal commentary we give to life. We usually do what I call need language. I have to. I must. I've got to. It's awful. It's terrible. I can't stand it. I should. I must. Uh, this, this is all need language, which tremendously exacerbates emotional emotionality and makes everything much more stressful and is, in fact, not true. Uh, for example, uh, uh, it, need language only really is relevant to when we have an actual need that is for it. And a need is something that's necessary for survival. Well, most things in life are not necessary for survival. We have a need for air, food, water, shelter, a few other things, but most everything else is a preference. And so if we use preference language, we're more in tune with reality. And preference language is, uh, I may not like what I'm going through, but it's not the end of the world. If I'm late to a, uh, to a meeting... I can say, you know, I'd like to be there on time. It's disappointing, uh, but it's not the end of the world. I'll still be alive when I get there. Mm. And so the important thing is to help modulate that. So we focus on the thought life. That's exactly what the Apostle Paul did when he said, I learned to be content. He said, I learned to shift my focus onto what things were true and not the things that are not true, not the misbeliefs I've carried around with me all my life. And then, um, so that's focusing on our thought life, or we can do it the other way around. We can change our thinking by changing our behavior first, acting our way into a new way of thinking rather than thinking our way into a new way of acting. So we can look at it from both directions. We can make behavioral changes that will lead to psychological changes, or we can make uh, psychological changes that will lead to behavioral changes. And it's a good idea to be able to address both. And I usually, when I'm working with someone who's depressed, address, first of all, the issue of self-esteem, because... Uh, if person does not, if the person usually has almost universally has very low self-esteem, and uh, and they, that we need to start uh, a change process because if they don't, they're not 
the motivation for change and the thinking that can change. Right. We're going to uh, just is, is repeat those repeat those patterns and behaviors over and over again. Dr. Gary yeah. Lovejoy, what is the best way you want Jenny's audience to connect with you, to reach out, to have a deeper, further conversation, or even just take advantage of some of the resources you've put together? Well, some of the resources, uh, my, my website is actually uh, depressionoutreach.com. Oh, sorry uh, about that. Marriageright.com. I'm a contributor to it. It's a Moody Institute based uh, site, but I contribute to that, and uh, I'm a regular contributor there. But but my actual website is depressionoutreach.com, and uh, and I share that with uh, a physician, Dr. Uh, Gregory Knopf, and the two of us um, put on depression seminars and so forth. And you can go to that site, and you can actually take a brief. Um, uh, a brief measure uh, to to uh, determine a brief self-report inventory to measure the severity or pre- even presence of depression. And we have on there online the Hamilton Survey for Emotional and Physical Wellness, and you can actually take it online. There's a scoring system there, so you can determine whether, in fact, you are depressed. And if you're depressed, a quick thumbnail sketch of your depressive state. So right. that can get you started. Thank you. And we have other resources. Thank you. And, and it's a great place for us to support other moms as well. Dr. Gary Lovejoy, I want to thank you so much for your contribution to Channel Mom today. Thank you so much. You're absolutely welcome. Have a happy new year. The website, depressionoutreach.com, for you, for a mom. I was able to take a little checklist. I'm a checklist gal. Recognize depression as an alarm. Be honest about what you're dealing with. Change our language. You know, it's not always so definitive. And in that moment, shift our focus to the truths instead of those misbeliefs that we've carried around for so long. And then making some behavioral changes. There's probably some habits. There's some triggers. Um, and you recognize them, but if they're still a part of our life, we're going to repeat those same behaviors. Depressionoutreach.com, channelmom.com if you want to become a contributor. And make sure you check out the Life Center in Littleton. They offer GED classes, offering shelter from the cold and legal assistance to those who don't know where to find help. LifeCenterLittleton.org. My name is Angel Tussie. Thank you so much for tuning in to Channel Mom every single week. Support Channel Mom. Go to channelmom.com for resources and i just want to say go moms you guys got this if you enjoy what you hear on channel mom radio and if you believe the media should be doing more to support moms and encourage families then why don't you come alongside the efforts of channel mom we'd like to offer you our partner package today we'll send you a channel mom's best tips for moms as well as a beautiful bling t-shirt when you sign up to be a partnering monthly donor at channelmom.com We live in a world that demeans the importance of moms and belittles the value of family. Research shows the family is breaking down in America. But Channel Mom aims to stop the family breakdown, starting with the moms. We depend on our donors to help us, to put this show on the air, and to do outreach for mothers on the ground, supporting them in their parenting, marriages, addiction issues, and more. So become a Channel Mom partner today and be a part of the change you want to see for mothers and families. Just go to ChannelMom.com and click on Give to CM, and you'll see our Donate button there. From the moms at Channel Mom, thank you. And may God bless each mom and her family.